Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. I think consistency is one of the biggest traits that I've seen. And I think consistency can mean a lot of things. You know, I've talked a lot about being consistent throughout a training week is equivalent to kind of consistency throughout a 400 day or consistency throughout a long meet. You know, NCAA is, is a four-day meet. Olympic trials is a seven-day meet. The Olympics is even longer. So I think focusing on the little details day in and day out and keeping them consistent across training cycles is really going to lay the foundation for when you need it later on. Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record-holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now, your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hey, Kelly. Maria, what a treat we are in for today with our special guest, 2020 Olympic silver medalist swimming champion, Emma Wyant. Emma is one of the hottest women in swimming right now, hitting the 2020 Olympic podium with a silver medal in the 400 IM in her first major international meet. She's from Sarasota, Florida, where she swam for the Sarasota Sharks. And after one year at the University of Virginia, she's now going to be swimming for the University of Florida. She's an ambassador for Swim Outlet and sponsored by Arena. So let's find out more about this Champions Mojo. Welcome to the show, Emma. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. It's so great to have you with us. So we're going to jump right in, Emma. So you're an Olympic silver medalist. Tell us about the road that, that led to that. Yeah, so I'm actually the first swimmer in my family. So we kind of didn't know really what to expect when I first got into it. When we had moved to Sarasota, one of my family members who had already lived there suggested the sharks. So my parents and I went and we tried out and I kind of just stuck with it from that point. I really liked the idea of being in a team sport that was also individualized. And my favorite part growing up was always going to practice. I still think there's no better feeling than getting out of a good practice and knowing that you worked hard and are working towards your goal. So I guess really that big dream for me started in Sarasota at the Sharks. And how old again were you when you started? I was nine. Wow. Okay. At what point did it like become a a real goal of yours to, hey, maybe I can make the Olympics? You know, I guess everyone in the sport will grow up like dreaming about going to the Olympics. I can say I was one of them as well, but I think as I started moving through the sport, I kind of went through the levels and realized this might be a real possibility. And I think really after probably nationals in 2019, I was 17 at the time. I was like, my coach and I sat down and we were like, okay, we have three years to get this done. And I think it's something that I can work towards. Very good. So being a 400 IM or, and I know we have mostly swimming listeners, but some that are don't may not know exactly what the 400 IM is. It stands for the 400 individual medley. And in the swimming world, it's kind of like the decathlon of swimming because you have to be really good at butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke, and freestyle. And it's long and it long course 400 IM, which is what you won the silver medal in the Olympics for is a grueling event. And it requires a lot of hard training. So tell us a little bit about this love of hard training and what that looks like kind of in general for you? I mean, I think everyone might agree that the 400 is the hardest event, but it's really my favorite event. I think 
because there's so many factors going into it, there's always something that can be improved or that you can work upon. I think I can say after every season and every race, there's like 500 little things that can be improved. So I think that's the fun part about it is it's really like a never ending learning experience swimming the 400 AM. And, you know, it does take that hard work throughout the season to make it great. So you're a Florida Gator now, woohoo, transferring from one extremely high level training group to another one. Tell us about that. Yeah. I'm so thankful for the people at UVA and all the time I got to spend there. And really, I have nothing but great things to say about everyone there. But, you know, I think last year I had some things going on in my life. And at the end of the day, this was a move that I thought was beneficial to me. And I'm really excited to be closer to home. And I'm just excited to get to work with this group. It's been a lot of fun already, you know, getting pushed every day in all aspects. And it's been great. How is it when you're training with all these people that are, you know, equally Olympic fast people? Yeah, I love it. You look around the pool and you're with people who have the same mindset as you, the same goals as you. So you're being held accountable every day, every practice. And there's people there who are coming along with you and pushing you towards your goals. So, you know, I think both UVA and Florida had tremendous groups of people and you know, getting to train with both groups has been something that's helped my career exponentially. So when you were a Sarasota shark, and now I assume you go back and train with them, you know, when you're go, go home and see your family, what was that culture like? The sharks are, you know, a very strong, you know, club team that sends a lot of great kids to college. How was that shark culture growing up? And how is it now when you go back? Yeah, I'm so thankful for the Sharks. You know, I wouldn't be who I am or where I am without them. And I've been with them since I was nine. I've gone through the program, all the coaches and the expectations there were always show up with a good attitude, good effort. And the slogan was for the team. And my coach there, Brent Arkey, his favorite thing to say was trust the process, which is something that I've carried with me through all the coaches that I've had. And I think he really held all of us accountable every day for what would make us great. And every time I go back there, the team is still living through all of those expectations. So it's a really great place to be and a great place to go back to. What's your biggest obstacle that you've overcome so far up to now? Yeah. So like you said, I think kind of everyone from the outside looks at swimming and people's careers as this linear path to the top or to the Olympics or something like that. But I think coming off of the Olympics and having higher expectations going forward, kind of learning how to deal with like a quote unquote bad season. You know, I think coming off of last summer, I wasn't where I wanted to be mentally or physically in and out of the pool. And I think kind of having to look back at the previous years and everything that had kind of led to that moment and, and made me what I perceived as like great at the time, kind of learning to reset and move forward, resetting my goals. I went home before I came to school here and I got to train with the Sharks again and my coach Brent Arkey and we kind of sat down and had a meeting just like, like, let's reevaluate here. We have three years of this next quad. It's a short quad, not even a quad, I guess. And just, I guess, looking back, seeing what made me great, but also looking towards the future and seeing what can be done to make it even better. How painful is a really good 400 IM, a really great 400 IM for you or a really great set? How painful is it? And then 
what is your inner voice saying to you when you are in that painful point? I think anyone that has watched me swim at Fringe Dam, I've probably given them some form of anxiety at the halfway point. <laughs> I'm definitely a back half swimmer. It's always kind of been that way. I know I've given my mother like a thousand heart attacks at the backstroke leg or fly leg touching eighth. But, you know, I think being in those positions and it hurts at the halfway point, like going into the breaststroke, going into the freestyle. But I think for me, it's always been trusting in my race plan, which is might be different from everyone else around me, but knowing that's what's going to get me the results I want and not deviating that depending on who I'm racing. So I think it all goes back to executing my personal plan. But to follow up on Kelly's question, it hurts, right? Does it hurt? Maybe it doesn't hurt for you. Yes, it does hurt for sure. (laughs) So what do you say to yourself when it really starts to hurt? I think for me, it's always been going into the last hundred. That's when it hurts the worst. And getting through that last hundred is always thinking about my training and knowing that I've put in the work to get me there. And really the only thought on my mind at that point is getting to the wall and touching as first. That's the goal always. That's great. So that's the process. And I think that's, you know, if you focus on what you're doing versus gosh, I'm in pain, gosh, I might die. Gosh, (laughs) what's the person, you know, what's the person in lane five doing? So I think that's a great answer. Maria and I always call that, you know, relying on the pile, you know, the work when you're in that painful moment to say, gosh, you know, I've done the work, I can do this, but also, Hey, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm finishing my stroke. I'm going to make sure I'm getting good walls and yeah. So that's a beautiful process. Yeah, I like that. You don't dwell on the pain. You think yeah. about your training and what, what you've got to do left. That's beautiful. Who has been a big influence in your life? Maybe more than one person, but someone that's really been like, gosh, I, I just, I admire that person there. They've inspired you. I have to say my mom, she's been there every step of the way throughout this journey. She took me to my trial when I was nine. She was at trials with me when I made my first Olympic team. She's the first person I saw afterwards. And really, I'm just so thankful for her for all the early mornings and all the ins and outs of the sports because it can be a lot. So what has she taught you? As a mom, I want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had this age group coach growing up who used to say to all the parents, don't critique them based on the results or anything. He would always say, just tell them they swam pretty. So my mom, the first text she always sends me after race is you swam pretty. <laughs> you know, which that's what I love about her. She never made it about results or anything like that. She was always just proud of me for anything that happened. And she was there for me after every race. Yeah, that's beautiful. So we absolutely know you have to have some routines and rituals that you do that make you Emma. What are some things that you have to have the orders and routines of your life? Yeah, I think for me, it's sticking to a specific routine, no matter where I am. You know, there's been some travel meets where I haven't had my home coach, my club coach with me and knowing like what has made me great and making sure to follow through on all those steps. And I think another thing personal to me would probably be, I always have Taylor Swift playing on my way to a meet. I'm not a big fan of music, like in the ready room or anything like that, but beforehand it's always Taylor Swift. Okay. You're a champion. You know, you've been swimming with champions. You're swimming with champions right now. What commonalities do you think champions share? I think consistency is one of the biggest traits that I've seen. And I think consistency can mean a lot of things. You know, I've talked a lot about being consistent 
throughout a training week is equivalent to kind of consistency throughout a 400 day or consistency throughout a long meet. You know, NCAA is, is a four day meet. Olympic trials is a seven day meet. The Olympics is even longer. So I think focusing on the little details day in and day out and keeping them consistent across training cycles is really going to lay the foundation for when you need it later on. Can you give an example of a little detail? Yeah, I think in a 400 IM specifically, there's specific stroke counts and tempos that I want to hit and making sure I hit those every day to ensure that they'll happen on race day because, you know, going into a race, you don't want to be thinking about the things you want to kind of just let it happen. What are some of your goals for the future? Right now, I'm just, I'm really excited for this new chapter kind of for me at the University of Florida. You know, I've been training with the distance group and it's it's going really well. So I'm really excited to see how that plays out this season and, you know, always working towards the bigger goal, which is 2024. And I think this group is going to, you know, help me through that. And I'm really excited to see it play out. That's wonderful. And we always say the last question is, what would you like our listeners to know that we have not asked you? You know, I think it's like times like this where kind of like reflecting on, you know, a career or the years of swimming and just kind of remembering what made you who you are, what made you great, what are the little things and the people along the way that helps bring you here. Just being thankful for everyone that I've had and all the experiences and the people I've met because that really has shaped what swimming is to me. And I'm just really grateful for everyone that I've gotten to connect with. And I'm excited for the future. Emma, are you ready for our sprint round of fun questions? Yeah. Take your mark. What do you consider the best sandwich for you? Oh, I am a plain girl. I just like turkey and cheese, no condiments. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. What do you own that you should probably throw out? I have so many boxes in my apartment right now that I need to put in the recycling bin. Okay. What's the scariest animal to you? Snakes. What celebrity would you most like to meet? Taylor Swift. (laughs) All right. I think we already know the answer to this one. What do you think the hardest swimming event is? 400 AM, also 200 fly. Ooh, okay. All right. And your favorite action movie? Ooh, action movie? Twilight. I don't know if that's considered action, but I'm going to go with that. We'll take it. We'll take it. All right. And before we pass the last seven to Maria, favorite smell? Vanilla. Oh, Mm, nice. That's a good one. That is a good one. Okay. (laughs) You're doing great. (laughs) Okay. These, this will be easy. Cat or dog? Cat. Kickboard or no kickboard? Kickboard. If you had to listen to one song for the rest of your life, what would it be? All too well, 10 minute version. (laughs) Okay. This is a little harder. Describe your life in five words. Family swimming, Florida exciting and fearless. Oh, that's great. Love it. Window or aisle? Window. Favorite swimming facility? Sylvia Aquatic Center in Sarasota, Florida. (laughs) Yeah, I (laughs) agree. (laughs) Last one. What word comes to mind when you dive in the water? Execute. Wow. You know what? We've asked about, a I don't know, a hundred people that question. And I don't know that we've heard that one. Stay tuned for the takeaways. Want to succeed like a champion? Five-time Olympic coach Bob Bowman, coach of Olympic legend Michael Phelps, says Kelly's book, Take Your Mark Lead, 
is a powerful addition to your personal improvement library, and learners from all walks of life will gain key insights and enjoy this inspiring book. Take Your Mark Lead debuted as an Amazon number one bestseller in five categories and is available online. And now, the takeaways. Okay, Maria, our takeaways from the Emma Wyant interview. What a joy it was to talk with Emma. What a champion. And say it. You said she's made of what? We can edit that space out. <laughs> no you idea. said she's made of steel. Oh, yeah. She's, she's got, got steel, steel in, her. in her. She doesn't yeah. come across as steely at all. She's beautiful and, and feminine. But but as you're talking to her, you, you see the steel that runs yeah, through strong. her. Yeah, strong. She's strong and she's, yeah. she's definitely... She's got that strength in her. Yes. Um, yes. What was your that, first takeaway? I loved her talking about her family, her mom, the support that she's got. And I think my takeaway from that is, you know, nobody becomes an Olympic champion on their own. She mentions her coaches and we even heard in the stories of, the, of talking to old coaches, new coaches, that she has an incredible support system. So my takeaway is you got to have support and hopefully you have a great family, but if you don't find it someplace else, you got to have support. Right. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean support to be an Olympian. You've got right. to have support if you want to start a business. If right. you want to, so you true. know, anything you want to do, you you do need somebody that's there telling you, you can do this. And great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great job. My first takeaway is it comes from her Sarasota Sharp coach initially to work the process, you know, and that is such a huge thing. It's being in that process versus in the result. And that's actually my second takeaway, which is how do you deal with pain? And she stays in the process. So when you're in the pain of a, of a hard event or a hard task, if you just, instead of thinking about, oh, you know, my arms hurt or my stomach hurts, or this is hard, or this is taking a lot of time, think about what you're doing that's making you feel in pain. And so, you know, those are my two takeaways is work the process. Don't worry about the outcome as much. And then when you're in that painful moment, think about that process. I really like that. This morning I was doing a hard workout, really long extended. And in the middle of it, I was like, oh, this is so hard. I don't think I can do it. And then I started thinking, okay, what do you got to do? You got to, you got to spin these pedals a little bit faster. You got to do the popcorn. You got to point your toes. You got to whatever. And that, that took my mind off the discomfort and back into what I was supposed to be doing. So I think that's really an effective way to deal with the discomfort that comes from hard training. And my last takeaway is just kind of builds on that. And she said it kind of in lots of different ways, consistency, 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 just get in there and do it right every day. <laughs> you know, and I was asking her, she said the little details day in and day out. And I was like, what little details? And she's talking about stroke count and things like that. She's talking about the details of her swimming, if you do them right every day, then you're going to perform in the end. Because we can't just hope for a good performance when we aren't consistent in our training, in our in all of our the little technique around our sports or around our life for that matter. I think that applies to almost everything. You know, I got to get up and take my vitamins, or I'm not going to, you know, consistently, or I'm going to, you know, run out of magnesium. So I think that's a great thing, consistency in the details. Yes, we hear consistency from almost everybody. All our champions are consistent. And that, you know, just keep showing up. That's what we're doing, right? With the podcast, we're going to just keep showing up. So love it. Yeah. All right, Maria, another great one in the books. I love you. Love you too, Kelly. See you soon. Bye bye. All righty. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Champions Mojo podcast. Did you enjoy the show? We'd be grateful if you would leave us a five star review on iTunes to help others find us. 
and we'd also love to hear from you. We're on all social media platforms, or you can reach us at championsmojo.com.